guys, welcome to this episode of The Modernist, a podcast dedicated to empowering your modern individual. In this episode, we welcome and meet Kirti Dayanani, the founder of Kirtana 168. She is dedicated to helping individuals and organizations build bridges across cultural divides and giving people a voice. In this episode, we discuss with Kirti about her methods of training to teach young professionals the art of communication. So as usual, please like, subscribe, and make sure to leave a review for this episode. And then without further ado, let's get started. So um, welcome, uh, Kirti. How are you? Um, please start by introducing yourself to our audience, what you do. Um, it would be lovely to hear more. Hi, Melissa. Thank you for having me. So by profession, I'm an author, speaker, consultant, and trainer. But if I dropped all those labels, which I like to do, simply putting, I like to support people to unlock their true voice and invest in in developing meaningful relationships, especially in modern times. Amazing. Um, That is such a great uh, mission to have. I think it's a very uh, big mission. And I think uh, we kind of, for the audience that don't know, we met kind of through Albright, um, which is the members club um, in London. And um, Kirti has such a unique voice. And I think it'll be lovely to hear, I think, for a little bit. You know, obviously, I know a bit about your career journey, but what is your career journey? How did you end up to where you are now? Oh, um, you'd need probably a couple of hours, but to put it down <laughs> into the shortest form, I ended up very unexpectedly owning my own business. I wasn't really um, raised to think I can have my own business, but because my father's organization had hit unexpected troubled waters, I had to really figure out how to survive. And during that time, which is going back quite a few years ago, I ended up in going to Canada for a yoga teacher training. I didn't want to be a teacher, but it was a great way to escape all the problems. And then in the end, I started teaching yoga and it just grew and grew and grew. And then over time, I had taken a sabbatical for a couple of years, decided to publish a book and then land into England and now start teaching into communications. So it's always been just going with the flow and really dealing with the unexpected as well. So that's where I got. So from Caribbean to England. Mm, Wow, amazing. What made you want to come over here? What was kind of the inspiration to come to the UK? Uh, It was a promise I made my father. So my father did pass away in 2018 from cancer and he's been really my biggest mentor and I was still traveling the world and he asked me to start settling down and be a little more serious and so to live up to his promise I thought I'd come to England and start up there as my starting point and as I started doing a lot more presentations COVID hit and when COVID hit I decided because I was going to move onwards to the Netherlands to, to settle down there Um, But because of COVID, I ended up here and and yeah, now I'm in England living and uh, working here. Yes. Wow. What what an amazing journey, I think. Um, And it's also so great that your father kind of acted as this figure and really like inspired you and motivated you. I'm definitely all for kind of having these figures in our lives that inspire us and help us, you know, really move forward in life. So that is amazing that you had that. 
Um, obviously now you have your own business um, and that I'm sure in itself has its own challenges. What are kind of, would you say, the key challenges that you've faced on this journey um, in being an entrepreneur um, Yeah, that you can kind of share with our audience? From an entrepreneur perspective, I think that's a great question to ask. And one of it is burning out because as an entrepreneur, especially it, given that I'm a woman and still in, in no matter what we say in today's modern age, women still feel they have to prove themselves double, even though they are very aware, why do I have to prove myself so much? And the second thing I face, which I never realized I would end up facing is being very aware that I'm a woman of color. And so I always feel like in entrepreneur, you have a double, it's like a double whammy, prove, prove. And having to go around that, and I think that shaped my career a lot as well, because teaching yoga, you learn how to handle burnout. But then when you go through it as one, you don't realize why. You want to go deeper and understand the, how important it is to manage your time and energy as an entrepreneur. And also to navigate the what you face in the environment and takes a big, um, you need to build your credibility together with your wellness, if that makes sense. Mm. That's very interesting. You mentioned about kind of women, you know, A, that you're a woman and you're a woman of color. Is that kind of specific challenge like is there anything kind of specific that you faced around that as in like investors or people not believing in you or um yeah it comes down to not believing in news one of the comments I would get very often and I it would make me stand back and go oh why did I have to go through that is after I would deliver a speech or I deliver a talk mm -hmm. I would ha hear a lot from the audience and saying to me I never expected that from you. And just that comment made me realize what happens before. And then I'm giving a talk. And then over time, hearing it two, three times, mm. though you don't realize it, you start building a certain protection inside of you to knowing in the back of your head, you're saying, oh, I have to go prove myself again. Oh, I have to go prove myself again. So it's the little comments that are made, even though we don't realize it or we don't mean harm for those comments. Mm -hmm. It's raising that awareness around it, especially as an entrepreneur that, oh, I have to prove myself again. The double whammy that I faced was I didn't come from the coaching method that I chose was from yoga based as opposed to um, the typical ISC based coaching. And what that really meant was yoga in the Western world is much different to the way it's in the East. And I have that Asian culture inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so having to explain that as well, people would not realize that there's an alternative method. So there's all of that that's shaped around being an entrepreneur and changing that narrative. I see. That's very, um, a very interesting point you mentioned. And, um, you obviously mentioned that you were a yoga therapist and um, perhaps tell us a bit more about that kind of journey. How did that impact you? Because I think you briefly touched on it there, but how did that kind of shape you? For me, the yoga as a therapy, I, as I mentioned earlier, I never expected to teach yoga. I went away to teach the training just to get away from everything. 
But when I learned how to teach yoga as a therapy, it had nothing to do with the postures. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is very interesting because in the West, it's it's taught primarily as, as postures. Mm-hmm. From As a therapy, it was one of my greatest assets and skills to gain because it talks about how do you train your mind before you meditate, mm-hmm. before you um, step on your mat, as it were, as they would call it. But it was about how do you treat yourself on the inside and how do you recognize it initially? Mm-hmm. And when you recognize it, you start to see your limitations, your habits, your beliefs, your assumptions. And then crafting it as a therapist, you look at how the mind is, mm-hmm. how the emotion energy is, and how we package our, our speaking. And then design. Every person has their own individuality, identity, and authenticity. And creating a sense of awareness allows people to show up in the way they want to, but knowing that their authenticity always fluctuates. And that is that key component that I bring into communication for today. It's amazing that you kind of bring all those um, skills and all those kind of all your history really into your current job and into your current business. And I think, um, that is amazing that you can impact people's communication through those lessons that you learned. Um, you obviously, yeah, primarily work within communication. What, what, what is the thing that you want to change here? What is the impact that you want to make? Um, and how do you want to see this area kind of being transformed and changed? I would love to uh, stop being afraid to express our differences, but also deliver our, di- our different opinions, views, without being disrespectful to someone else. Because that is where we're struggling with modern relationships. Is It's almost like we're walking constantly on eggshells with different diversified communities because we you can't keep everything in. And so there is a way that you can present, be deliberately calm, observe what's going on, asking the right questions, and give differences a chance to find that sense of belonging that we're really all seeking. Everybody talks about Corporates wanting belonging. We want to feel like we're heard in relationships. And so, but it lies on how do we treat ourselves when differences show up that feel like challenges or conflicts? And how do we get to that part where we can say, actually, this is the greatest part that we can grow together from that. And that solves a lot of issues in itself. Mm, Absolutely. I think, um, I guess communication is the kind of the fundamentals of human like human existence we have to learn to communicate with each other and that's when you don't communicate well with each other that's part of the problems you see in the world from wars to like you know on a high level to the crazy things or whereas personally in our day-to-day life whether that's through relationships or um, friendships or even around us we can't communicate our emotions very well then you're exactly (laughs) so I'm really kind of interested in hearing a bit more about the clients and the people that you work with um what is kind of um the general issue that you see amongst them are they kind of bigger organizations that you work with. Um, It'll be nice to hear a bit more about that side of your business. In terms of from an entrepreneur's perspective, that was the hardest part because when you have to redesign your company, they always ask you, what is your target audience? And I thought, oh my God, what a question. Because I end up working with all walks of life. 
But mm. the reason when I had to really boil it down, um, let's start in corporates. In corporates, it's working with diversified communities and multi-ethnic backgrounds, and especially with women. Mm. With the women, it was about supporting them not to keep improving, but to start celebrating the knowledge that they know and how to bring it into their careers. Because we, as what you notice often as women is that we're trying too hard to be perfect or trying too hard to show up. So we always think we're still running on that whole um, conditioning that we have to keep, again, proving ourselves. And so imposter syndrome goes up. Burnout happens because our hormones is tired. They're getting exhausted from all this doing, doing, doing. So within the corporate spaces, it's about navigating time and energy and how to be skillful with your presence, how to be skillful with how do you deliver your presentations. So stop wasting time putting too much in, start recognizing what you have and then build from there. From the audiences, sorry. Sorry, just like touching a bit about the key issues with women, I think you know, burnout is such a big problem and this need to kind of always be performing. Um, have you got, I mean, have you got kind of key tips and stuff that you can kind of share with us on this? Because I I myself have very much experienced this previously and you always have to feel, you know, like you're on top form and then you can't really communicate that well and it's kind of just inside of you. What are kind of some key tips that you can sort of share with our audience, which I'm sure have experienced this as well? I'm going to give you two things. Okay. Well, I'm hoping three. Okay. The <laughs> first one, because I'm excited about this. This is a subject that's close to me. We know journaling is effective, mm-hmm. but most of us journal and then put it away. Mm-hmm. When you go journaling is the KPI, I always think. It, it's the indicator on how you are in your habits, your patterns, and the way you talk. And the way you speak and the choices of your words reflects how you're treating yourself on the inside. Mm -hmm. So looking back in what you write is an indication of how healthy your relationship is with yourself Mm -hmm. inside of you. And that is very key because you're building awareness. Mm -hmm. Most of us see back on it and go, oh, my God, I do this. And oh, my God, I do that. By judging yourself and what you're feeling, you increase the stress. So really step back and look at it as a form of KPI. Look at it as, oh, okay, this is what's happening and now I can change it. The second thing is recognize when you're competing and comparing with other females in the room. Women are, because women are thought that there's limited space for us, we start competing against each other, even though we don't want to. So we are comparing our stories with each other's stories, giving advice to each other based on our own stories, stepping back and looking at when you're competing and comparing, breaking and disrupting that pattern gives you space to say what you do want by knowing what you don't want to do anymore and liberating yourself in that process. You don't do more you start being more smarter with yourself. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is removing the word busy in your vocabulary. Busy and but are two words oh, no. that we use <laughs> so much. <laughs> and when you remove that from your language, you're going to go with, oh my God, now what? 
because you're getting closer and closer to how you're treating yourself. I altered the book Befriend Your Mind because I needed to break a lot of patterns in my own mind. And so by breaking patterns, you can introduce what you do want. And so the first process is stop doing too much and start doing less is my key. I mm-hmm. hope that was helpful. That was very, very helpful. Helpful for me as well as the audience. Um, and then I think you were going to tell us about how you also work with businesses also. Um, so with, in terms of businesses and women in, well, there's a lot, I get a lot of women in high professions. I work with their tapestry of identity. So I talk about leveraging your relational authenticity. One of the things we always tell everybody is, oh, you got to be authentic, be authentic, be authentic. But still, when you go to certain relationships, you're always wondering, how safe am I? How can I show up? Or we're trying so hard to impress each other. And what happens is we lose our narrative of authenticity. But if we know that it always changes and it varies depending on the relationship, you start freeing up time for yourself. So with a lot of women who are very much in their careers, they're struggling with their personal life, dating, um, having relationships or speaking about difficult things in their relationships. They, there's this bit of that sabotaging that happens over and over again. And so I work with uh, women uh, in that department. And with men, I support men how to be better allies because men are not used to speaking about their emotions. And how do you get them to speak it in their way and in their um, language so that they also don't feel so defensive or that they have to put a wall up? Because men are also afraid that if they say the wrong thing, what are their consequences? Absolutely. Do you work with any men at all or is your kind of primary? Okay, tell tell us a bit more about that. I'm very interested. (laughs) (laughs) I do work with men quite a bit because the way yoga as a therapy was based was to remove this concept of male and female. It's about really treating our human beings as beings. Mm -hmm. So we, again, we go back to looking at the language. We go back to when you look at someone's language, you can always pick up what someone's not saying. So with men, obviously they're often thinking of like this yoga as this fluffy I have to get extremely emotional. I don't want to be a woman narrative, right? But they also are undergoing this shift of, well, what is my role now in 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 the community? Because they were always known to be the saviors, the caretakers. And now they're also undergoing a shift of redefining and finding their sense of authenticity in the narrative. So when I work with them, it's really looking at their emotions, their language, and again, their mindset, and then balancing the act on how they can communicate in with other women, how to be better allies and advocates. So yeah, it's actually a very fun. I enjoy those coaching sessions with them. Yeah, I, I could tell. <laughs> I could tell you. You're, 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 um, I think it's, for me, it's very interesting because I think, you know, communication is an issue for men and women. And I think... But in different ways, I think, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. I think for men, it's much more, I think, about their emotive kind of communication, what emotions they're feeling. Whereas I think as women, we're quite vocal or can be quite vocal about how we're feeling, but we're not necessarily vocal about our actions or things we want to do or not do. We'll kind of just do it. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. The 
one of the things I notice often is going back to our conversation about comparing and competing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't realize that we're asking men to be emotive the way we are emotive. Mm -hmm. But so you're, we're asking people, men to conform to being like us, but then men and women do have different ways. And it's learning about accepting it on both sides for that communication to work without feeling that there's a power play. And that is really what's going on in some of the narratives. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, obviously communication and your business is quite a niche area. What kind of did you, you know, have this experience yourself that kind of inspired you to start your business? And what was your, you know, have you ever been self-conscious about your communication? Perhaps tell us a bit more maybe about your personal journey in this space. I've been very self-conscious of my communication. It's what drove me in the first place. As I started in the conversation, I was never expected to have a career. Mm. And when my 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 father's organization was falling apart a lot of my life depended on on the men in our family mm-hmm. to hand me over i'm asian south asian by um family but dutch by passport and so i have east and west conflicts inside of me and so my western side of me would say this is not right. And my Eastern side goes, well, this is the way traditions are. Mm. So when things were falling apart, I now had to go head to head and face my own family community, the men in my family. And women who are younger just don't do that. So I had to start breaking barriers in my own household to help my father get out of the struggles he was in because the, the problem was within the family. Out of that, when I started my own company, a lot of my own personal Asian, South Asian community was like, how can a woman open her own company? And I faced a lot of um, gossip and and talk about me, like, oh, she's breaking, she's disappointing her family, she's not getting married. And then later on, it was about, you know, how how can you grow so much? What will happen to you? And in those days, you didn't really have a support system around you to understand you're going through that. And then coming to England, it was about proving myself as well. So each time you face one thing or the other and you start asking yourself, am I communicating? What is wrong with my communication? And over time, as I was realizing, I actually communicate with so many walks of life. I had to start looking at my communication and asking myself, how can I break barriers, motivate and inspire other people? How can I inspire communities to show up and speak? And that's what drove me and shaped me every single time. So every time I hit a stuck point, I reassessed my communication to move forward. And that's when I realized that was becoming my strong suit. Mm, Absolutely. Wow. What a... Thank you very much for sharing that. I'm such an admirable story. You know, you have overcome so much prejudices and people labeling you things and um, and you've overcome all of that. So you should be so proud of yourself. And um, I think whenever a business or an idea started from a passion or like an experience or like an inner willing to kind of change something, I think it is, ends up being very successful. Um, what do you think 
or kind of books or things or podcasts that you maybe have listened to that have helped you yourself kind of improve your communication um yeah feel motivated in that area of your life I would love to give you my Kindle diary. I would love that. Sorry. <laughs> Top three books. Um, the first book is the one that I authored, not because I authored it. Befriend Your Mind was based on a very old practice, Buddhist practice, that was um, 59 Ways to Train Your Mind. Mm-hmm. And I updated it for modern relationships. And I, I do recommend that, again, only because I want people to communicate more effectively. So it's befriend your mind. The second one, which is my absolute confronting book, but very useful in my life. It's called The Wisdom of No Escape by Pema Chodron. Also very bite-sized book, makes you look at your life and assess your life. And the third book, believe it or not, is Talk So Kids Will Listen, Listen So Kids Will Talk. Now, the reason I'm saying this is a lot of what we face in speaking in in our life is based on how we got hurt in our when in our youth. And so this book really made me think back on my life and look back at my memories and say, "Oh, so this is how I was communicated and changing my way of communicating with individuals and not protecting myself so much." And that book was really one of the key drivers as well. Amazing. I, I I love, I have a massive reading list from all my podcast guests. So I need to like get through <laughs> all of those. So I will add those three to my list. So, and I'm <laughs> sure our listeners will very much benefit from that. Um, I think uh, I would love to like, as a kind of concluding talk or move a little bit more onto kind of the impact our thoughts can have on communication um, and a particularly kind of negative and like self detrimental thoughts um is that like a pattern that you see a lot in your clients kind of having these negative thoughts that essentially impact their communication to tell to say that we don't have negative thoughts is to not be human Hmm. that's it we will always always experience negative thinking Hmm. and it's but it's not about judging yourself for that It's about building a healthy relationship, how to use negative emotions as a way of information. Mm -hmm. And that is what I see with every single client, every client I I work with, it's to get them to see that their negative emotion is showing them something else. Mm -hmm. And once they know that, then every time an emotion comes up, rather than run away from it, they're able to face it and then change it to work to express themselves much more clearly how they're feeling without feeling afraid to say what they mean. So to me, no one, I've yet to find someone who doesn't have negative emotions. And that's the bottom line. How have you yourself dealt with that, you know, uh, especially, you know, we've all obviously there, I feel like there's negative thoughts that you get, you know, to some degree, maybe on a daily basis, but you're able to kind of bat them away. And there's negative thoughts that you get and they're kind of overwhelming. How do you deal with those? I have a, a, a system with myself that I designed. Like I said, the, one of the things that I did was my the yoga center that I had in the Caribbean was too successful. 
And I'm not boasting it as a good thing because I think that was actually a harmful thing and I burnt out. Mm. And the reason what it did to me was I did not stop and look inside of me. I was just doing, 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 doing. So I needed to design something where I protected my energy to work with others. And one of the things I did was when it comes to negative emotions, there are moments you do need to go see a therapist because the trauma is so great that you can't do it on your own. Mm. And you got to know when not to do it on your own. I do fundamentally, I had mentors and I do think getting a mentor is much more, it's the biggest gift you can give yourself because when you speak out loud, it's, they just bounce back. I bounce back to my clients what they need. So with my mentors, I bounce back when I'm going through something. The second thing I do is journal. when I journal, I don't journal to journal. I journal with specific ways to look at my mind. So I can measure then which, and which negative thought is the one that's occupying my mind and which one's a thought that I can park away. And then I deal with them I break it down and I deal with them in a specific way. Amazing. That sounds like a great method of kind of dealing with um, negative thoughts. And I think that's something that we could all listening to this podcast take from, uh, from you. And, um, so. and yeah, thank you for again, sharing your vulnerabilities. And I think there's so much to be said for such a powerful woman that has overcome so much and been vulnerable through the process as well. Um, I guess my kind of concluding and I guess final question for you is what is kind of the the vision, you know, what is the ultimate vision for you for the impact that you want to make in this affair? At the end, is like I, I, I said earlier, I, I want to be able to see that we can work through our differences and find that the belonging is in our differences. The differences also with the negative emotions. Climate change economy, all the issues that we're facing today, you, as you said, it's about communication. Mm -hmm. And so my vision is let's stop feeling so afraid and just say, okay, we are feeling different here. How can we work with our differences to find something that we're taking care of one another, that we are all part of this large, beautiful globe that we live in and start taking care of it. And that's where my vision is. Wow, what a beautiful vision. I'm on board with your vision. Uh, I'm definitely championing you and I'm sure everyone from our listeners will be. What are kind of, um, for those listening, where can they kind of find you? Um, what is your website? Uh, it would be lovely to share that as well. Um, so my website is qtano168.com and LinkedIn is the best place to connect with me as well because that's where I post my stuff. Um, Instagram, I am on it, but not too active yet, maybe more. Um, but if you just type in Kirtana, K-I-R-T-A-N-A-168, you will find me. It's, you know, I always think of it as your phone number online. Um, you can find me there. Yeah, we'll put everything in the show notes for everyone listening uh, to find where um, Kirti is. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Kirti, again for your story. Thank and you for having me. Such a pleasure me. to have you. Thank you. Oh.